Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number 159. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and today Chris is not with me, but I have found somebody that I am very excited about talking about Mac and getting a different perspective from. Father Roderick is with me. Yes, and thanks for having me. Even though I'm, I'm definitely not a Mac expert, I'm, I'm a big fan. So I, I always love to chat about uh, about the Mac and about Apple and about the iPhone and the iPad and everything else. Yeah, so and hopefully Chris will be back next week. We do apologize and uh, look forward to connecting with him. Be, to get more of an expert opinion on these devices and, and operating systems, I, I tell you, Apple's just coming out with all kinds of new stuff, updating software. Um, it, it's just all over the place. And, and of course, uh, to get a really good feel on that, we're going to have to talk to Chris next week to to give us all the technical details and tell us why we should even be more excited than we already are. <laughs> I remember last week, um, uh, just before you recorded uh, Help, I Got a Mac, we, we were chatting about the iPad 2. And you're kind of going, yeah, I don't know. Eh, I don't know. Nothing to get excited about. And uh, then I hear the episode and <laughs> you actually get more excited about the iPad too uh, bet- during the show <laughs> because of the excitement of uh, of Chris. Well, and, and the thing is, is sometimes you have to see somebody else's perspective because, I mean, I get to the point where it's like, ah, I just don't know. I didn't know. Well, and the other thing is, is that Chris had seen the the keynote for iPad 2, and I had not. I had just went to the website and looked to see what kind of features are there, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, and it does make a difference. And people say, well, that's kind of the, you know, the cool, the Apple Kool-Aid or it's just Steve Jobs charm or, you know, you're just being mesmerized by the presentation. But I was pretty much blown away when I was watching that that presentation. Um, And not just because of you know, the fact that Steve Jobs did it and and because it was so smooth and sleek, I was genuinely impressed by the 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 advances that the iPad 2 brought. And they're just, it's not a big step. It's not a revolutionary new iPad. But there are some things that I think are just going to be so amazing when people are going to program applications for, for it. You know, the cameras. Or let's not forget the HDMI exit on that thing so that you can have a copy of the screen of your iPad on your big screen TV or your projector or, you know, um, I've, that, that was always my big frustration is that I've got all these cool programs on my iPad, but a couple of them, I would just love to see them on the big screen, especially games. And uh, the fact that the iPad 2 will offer that uh, ability, that for me is a reason alone to uh, contemplate purchasing one. Yeah, well, you know, I, I've, I've had I've had a week to think about the the iPad two, and I have actually watched the keynote in full, and and there are a couple things about it that I'm that make me more excited about this than I was before. Number one, um, I'm I don't play any instruments at all, and, mm-hmm. but I want to say that I was so impressed with gar- the GarageBand demo. Now I don't I don't plan on getting one uh, to to learn music or anything like that, but to be but those those smart 
the I, I guess they call them smart instruments or whatever. It would mm-hmm. be cool just to sit down and just play with this thing, especially playing with it with my kids and and stuff like that. I really loved how they showed that you really don't have to know anything, and you and they chose chords that will definitely go together in whatever progression. And you could you could, I mean literally, uh, you could without knowing anything about music create like a, an instrument uh, an acoustic instrumental guitar uh, intro for your podcast that's unique that you create. And, yeah. And and so just little tiny things like that, I, I thought that was cool. Uh, you However, know, um, if I may interrupt you, Cliff, uh, the, uh, from what I understood, the GarageBand is also going to be available for the iPad One, isn't it? That's, it's not just going to be iPad Two specific. Well, if that's the case, then it would take away one of the reasons why I would consider getting an iPad Two. Because mm-hmm. it, now, if GarageBand's available for my my regular iPad, then by golly, I'm getting it for my regular iPad. There's there's no question. But um, I you know I, I I was wondering that question myself. I don't think we know the answer of whether or not GarageBand's going to be available on both. The um the the thing that impressed me about the GarageBand uh, demo, which was a little bit too long for my taste. I mean, I, after a while, I was like, okay, move on. I want to see some something else that is exciting, but um. It was not not really the musical aspect of it, although that's that's kind of neat. Um, but I wonder if I will use it very much. Um, the thing that blew me away was the eight track recording ability that that it will give you. And my in my immediate thought was, the only thing I need is a good microphone and a way to hook that up to the iPad, and I have my podcast station. I can produce, you know, layers of of. And and it was already possible with the current iPad, and there are some applications also for the iPhone that allow you to do, you know, like two or three tracks. But it's clunky, and it's ah, uh, it's really not what you. It's not on on the level of what you need to to really produce good quality uh, podcasts. And so I was wondering if if this has, for instance, MP3 output, which I I probably I guess it won't. It because won't. It, <laughs> I can tell you right now, it's AAC. Uh, so that you, that it, in itself is is a bummer because it it will force you to go you know download that to a computer, convert it, upload it. I wish they would just you know do that one last step where you can export it into MP3 and add an FTP connection module to it so that you can upload it from the iPad straight to your your RSS feed. I mean what. <laughs> I would love to have that. So it me- it means I could just work with my iPad wherever I go. I already, you know, do that very often. I, I will go on, you know, on a two-week trip and I will only take my iPad because I can just, you know, and I take the wireless keyboard and I can do almost everything that I would do normally on a laptop, but except for podcast creation. Yeah. Well, I'll hmm. tell you what, I have an idea for for a business out there. And, and this is one of those ideas that I, I have no doubt that there's a market for it. I'm not going to create it myself, but it would be a competitor to the service that you and I are both familiar with, known as Libsyn. And uh, you would, you know, I would, I if I were to create a business and this was, you know, something I wanted to pursue, mm-hmm. I would create a media hosting uh, service for audio podcasters, where you like Libsyn, you offer great stats, you offer 
um, you know, unlimited bandwidth, you know, depending on how much space that you use up and all this other stuff. But here's the here's the unique caveat that I think would put me out above every single other person out there. And that is that you have open APIs and FTP access from all these different applications on the mobile devices, but also from your computer as well, that you can upload any file format and it will automatically convert it for you once it's uploaded to an MP3. And then, and then immediately provide you the link to that MP3 that you can uh, that it will feed back, and then it'll you can either have that automatically post to a site or whatever you know, the case may be. I wouldn't be surprised if that is something that Google is working on, because now with Google Docs, they already allow you to upload um, PDF documents in a whole slew of of different file formats. I think the last step is going to be audio. Or video, perhaps, or, or a combination. And since they also own YouTube, they already have a lot of that conversion power. You know, they have the the bandwidth and the, the processing power to to make that a relatively easy process. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they would uh, step into the market and uh, and do just that. Well, the, I think the problem that we have in our tech world and stuff like that is is are these standards and licenses and stuff like that. And the reason why, like for example, if you bought if you download the free software Audacity, you can't get an MP3 encoder included with it because of the software licensing. And so, yeah. so you have to actually go download that, you know, the encoder separately even though it's available for free you have to install it separately so i think that there's a lot of reasons out there i I know like for example when you have adobe audition you can use the fraunhofer encoder and it's included and also itunes includes an mp3 encoder but i mean you're you're looking at adobe and you're looking at apple and those people are paying tons of money to be able to convert stuff to mp3 and uh, so I, I think, you know, you'd have I think it would be an investment. I don't know if Google would do it, though, because Google is is I mean, they have the, they're they got this fight on, you know, creating open stuff and and they yeah, won't but- even support. Um, I think they're getting ready to shut down support for H.264 video. Well, yes, they 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 want to they want the world to move to that open standard, that open video standard. But mm, it's you know this is just part of the growing pains of the whole industry. But the demand is there, the 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 will of the people to create content and to make it available in an easy way is there. I mean, I don't see the podcast scene slowing down. No. Uh, there's still there's so much content out there, and the big the big companies, both Apple and let's say Google now with Android, they have a vested interest in this market, you know, growing. The more people produce content like podcasts, like videos, um, the more mobile devices they will sell or the more, the more, the more leverage they will get in terms of, you know, market share Android will get. If, if Android becomes uh, a, a good competitor to the iPhone and, and makes it easy for people to produce content and to listen to that content, um, it's going to be good for them. So, I think we're we're in this period where it will take a couple of years, but this is definitely coming. It has to become easier. Um, everybody loves to create content and to share it, and with with photos. And this is something that we might address later on in the, in this episode with photos and videos. It I think a lot of the hurdles have already been removed. It's now very easy to post something you know on YouTube. It's it's super simple to share your photos in a myriad of ways. It's just that that audio seems to be still kind of a hiccup for <laughs> for for these companies, yeah. but it will come. 
It is it is kind of crazy that um you know I have to pay I think my cost right now for all of my media hosting for audio is running right around uh $120 a month is what I'm paying right now to to oh. host my MP3 files mm-hmm. and um just this week I uploaded a 1 hour and 10 minute HD video to YouTube <laughs> and it used up more space than all of my audios would in a month, and it's free, and I could do that all day long, every day of the week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. So yeah, you're right. Um, so, but anyway, going back to the iPad too, uh, GarageBand is looking pretty cool. The one thing I will say about that eight track editing though is it's only one track at a time that you can that you can work in. It would be great if they had. Would you? Could you imagine like a little thirty pin connector device at the bottom? And mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that would split out and you could actually plug in multiple microphones and it would simultaneously record to each of those tracks. Then I might get excited. That would be really cool if if it would function almost as a, a mixer. Yes. Where you can have like two or three inputs, which is basically it. I think it's totally possible, especially in the future when they're going to integrate things like um, Thunderbolt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that technology can handle such huge bandwidths uh, that it's basically up to the processing speed of of your device um that will limit what you can do but it's i think technically we're we're not very far away from this and uh we might actually see this technology in the iPad 3 uh which by the way we got a question just before we started recording this show uh from someone who was wondering you know should i just skip the iPad 2 and wait for the iPad 3 or should I just go for the iPad 2? And I assume that this is someone who has an iPad 1, which is always the big... I had the same problem with my iPhone. I, have a, I bought the iPhone 3GS, which was my first iPhone. I love that thing. I, I, I cannot imagine a universe in which I would be using any other phone except for an iPhone 4. But then when the iPhone 4 was, was, came out, I still had a one-year contract. And so now with the iPhone 4, I'm just skipping it. And I hope that we will get an iPhone 5 this year instead of an iPhone 4GS. And then I'll just constantly one be one behind. And I guess that with the iPad, um, it, it just depends. And, and perhaps you have a uh, different opinion about that, Cliff. But I think it, it, you have to really ask yourself, are these features that the iPad, iPad, iPad 2 gives you, is that going to enhance your either your enjoyment, if you use it as an entertainment device, if you use it as a production device, is it going to really help you do stuff that otherwise you can't do on the on the iPad 1? Yeah. And um, I, I'd say if, if the video adds a lot to your enjoyment or entertainment, which I don't think it will add much to my use of the device because I, I hardly use video on the iPhone either, uh, I don't use FaceTime. Usually when I have video conferences, I'm sitting behind my computer and, and I don't do that from a, from a mobile device. So I don't, I couldn't care much about that. However, the HDMI out, that's huge. I'm, I'm certain that I will, uh, have a lot of fun playing, uh, angry birds on my big screen TV and just using the iPad as a remote. <laughs> I would so totally do that. Yeah. And so for me, that is definitely, that's a huge thing. Otherwise, I would say, well, if, if the iPad, if it's just about the speed, for instance, I would say skip the iPad too, because we now have um, iOS 4.3, uh, 
which not only uh, is the basis of the, the, the speed of the iPad 2, but it also significantly enhances the speed of the iPad 1. And so it, it, that whole number that um, Steve Jobs mentioned, you know, it's nine times faster than the iPad 1. It's kind of, it's more complicated than that. Uh, yes, the graphics are definitely way faster. But are there going to be applications that are going to use that power? Because I, I guess a lot of developers will want to stick to what the iPad 1 can do as well, because otherwise they lose a lot of customers. Yeah, there's, there's 10, a min- 10 million of those out there. Say again? There are 10 million of those out there. Exactly. So I don't think that we will get a lot of applications at first that will use that 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 ability of the iPad to deliver faster graphics. Now, the browser, um, Safari, has been upgraded. It's very fast on the iPad 2, but it also has become extremely fast on the iPad 1. So um, I don't know exactly what they used as benchmarks, but I wouldn't be surprised that if you would take the the iPad 1 with the OS 4.3 and compare that to the iPad 2, the speed bump will be much less dramatic than uh, the presentation kind of suggested. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, uh, there's no real upgrade to the screen. Still no retina display. Um, you know, I, I don't even know about the sound. The speaker is positioned differently, but I don't know if it's going to make a big difference. It's still mono. Um, so I don't know. I think that you will be fine to skip a year yeah. unless you just love the HDMI like I do and, um, and the, um, uh, the, 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 the camera. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about the HDMI, um, and I'm excited about you know some of the other you know software that they showed off that that'll be available for it. But I even even as as excited as I am because I have the original iPad and because there's really nothing that I have to do that would require even the HDMI out. I'm I I'm actually going to skip iPad two for as long as possible. I mean I mean I and if all of a sudden there's this really unique thing where yeah, I, I'm going to go do this presentation. Boy, wouldn't it be great if I could do it from my iPad and do this application and show it on the screen and demo how I'm doing something amazing. Like, for example, let's just say I find a podcasting application that I would just love to demo in front of a live audience on my iPad. And then I might be able to say, okay, let me go and get this so I can demo this for these people. Yes. Then it would be worth it. Until then, no. I'd have to create scenarios where I would find use and and if i have to create the scenarios then you know i'm i'm still cool i that's the that's the cool thing about the original ipad i think it should have had the cameras in it last time but you know i have my i do have the iphone 4 and the iphone 4 i, I finally listened to uh, mac break weekly mac mm-hmm. break weekly uh the camera the the 720p camera and the the actual still camera in the iphone 4 is actually better than what's in yes. the ipad 2 and yeah. I've got my I've got my iPhone four with me all the time, and that's 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 kind of crazy actually that they uh, went for such a low quality camera because if you look at the components, it, 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 usually there's only like a five dollar difference for, mm-hmm. per camera. You know, it's it's uh, I just don't understand it. It's probably because they wanted to keep the price you know as low as possible or identical. And so if you think high volume, if you think you know we're going to sell another ten million, that that makes a big difference if if you can you know just save five dollars on every machine but 50 million dollars yeah 
<laughs> well, here's the, the here's the other thing is that um, you know, if 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 all of a sudden iMovie is available on the iPad one, then mm-hmm. I, and, and GarageBand, then I don't even see it as a need. So I wonder if I want the the two big ones are GarageBand and iMovie for me. Those are those are big software titles that are very inexpensive. And I even think after watching the demo, I think iMovie iMovie on the iPad is actually a better piece of software than iMovie on the Mac. That's very well possible, yeah. Because Although it, it it remains to be seen how you can do all that fine tuning editing with just your fingers. Yeah. Um, I still think that you know serious video editing, you need a mouse and you need a keyboard with that yeah. in order to work fast. You know, if it's just for little tourist videos that you made or a little family videos, it might be just fine. But if you want to produce you know, anything semi-professional, you probably don't want to do that on an iPad. But it could be, you know, it could be fun uh, for if you're on a move and you want to whip up something quickly. Let's say you've just witnessed UFOs landing in Washington. You happen to be there and you're the only person with a with a camera there and you only have an iPad. Yeah, then, then it might come in handy. But uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you something that I probably will look for a way to to get you know, to, to pay for whatever fees I have to pay on my contract for early upgrade. I think usually if you do an early upgrade, you don't have to pay to get out of your contract, but they usually have like for a hundred dollars, you can early upgrade to the next phone, uh, which when iPhone five comes out, mm-hmm. that's something I'm probably going to do. Uh, because my iPhone is my, it's that one device that I use for so many things. Exactly. And the yeah. rumors on the next iPhone are really good. I, I, I'm I'm liking what I'm hearing so far. I'm hearing that it's going to have the A5 chip in it. Yep, which is a very fast chip, and I hear that it's going to have a bigger screen. Huh. That that's going to be interesting <clears throat> because uh, I have to be honest. I saw someone um, uh, demoed me his Android phone, and uh, it had the exact same size as my iPhone. I think it was just a little bit bigger, but hard. I, it's not something you're going to notice if it's in your pocket. But man, the screen, it was, the, the entire thing was a screen. And the, the, the you know, the, the microphone and the, uh, the speaker was, that was kind of on the top and the impression, it, it just looked like a mini tablet. It's like, wow, I can't believe what a difference in perception it makes to have that full big screen there. Um, so I, I hope that um, that they will make the screen bigger. But uh, f- from the prototypes that I've seen or the kind of speculated uh, what, what people do when they hear something like that, they, they whip up some pictures in Photoshop or some 3D program. Um, it's not going to be the entire front of the cam- of the phone is not going to be a screen. It's just going to be uh, they're going to reduce the 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 thing on the side, right? That's what I hear. I I think that the phone's going to be about the same same size, but they're just going to to bring the screen up a little higher and closer to the edge. But I hope they do that in a symmetrical way, uh, yeah. because if they don't. I'm going to be all frustrated. <laughs> that's what that's the only thing I don't like about my current iPhone. It's that the screen, and fortunately, I have a black iPhone. So, I don't notice it that much, but if you if you've seen the the pictures of the iPad t- 2 in white, it's like, "Oh, that's so ugly. That that bezel is so prominent." And if I imagine that on a phone, 
then you suddenly, you know, the, the, the difference with the Android phones with the full, you know, the whole front is like one big, awesome looking tablet. Uh, and then the iPhone having that tiny little screen in the middle with like basically an inch on the top and an inch on the bottom where it's, it's just plastic and there's nothing there except for a camera. Eh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, but the thing is, though, is, is I can I can tell you right now, they'll probably do those two things. They'll probably do something with the screen. They'll probably do something with the chip. And those two things alone will probably make me want to upgrade. And I, I have a feeling they'll even probably do something to even further improve the camera and 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 some other features that they'll probably do. And in fact, I, I would imagine that iPhone iOS 5.0 will be announced pretty soon. And, and I've heard a lot of people talking about that. Now, do you think that, um, yeah, I, th- I read something about April even for... Uh for the iPhone uh, 5. But again, that's all rumors, so we never know. Yeah. Uh, but do you, do you think that the um, iPhone 5 or perhaps even the iPhone 4 with the new OS 4.3 is going to eat into the uh, 3G versions of the iPad or the iPad 2? Because now with uh, o, uh, OS 4.3, and I've not been able to try it out because I've got still got my iPhone 3GS, so it doesn't work on that one. You can create your own little MiFi, right? Yeah, it's definitely going to, I think it's definitely going to eat into the number of sales of 3G iPads because um, I have a Wi-Fi only iPad and, uh, you know, the, the chances are that, you know, pretty much a lot of people who would think like me are going to say, you know what, I am going to just get the extra data plan to do the personal hotspot and, yeah, and I'm just gonna oh, you have to pay that. extra for that mm-hmm. for the personal hotspot. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was just included in the in your current subscription. No, no, you have to pay extra. And the thing is, is here in the states, we oh. we are that are on AT and T. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm on a thirty dollar a month unlimited data plan. And, yeah, and I've heard people say, and of course, I haven't heard this from AT and T, and I haven't called them yet. But um, I heard people say that you have to, if you're going to do the hotspot, you have to switch over to that twenty or twenty-five dollars for two gigabytes, and then they charge you, what is it, fifteen dollars for each two gigs over or each gig over that. Oh. Plus, you have to pay twenty dollars a month for the two gigs that you have for your hotspot. Right. So I don't but know. Yeah, but if you want to have three GS functionality on your iPad, you still need to have a data plan as well. Exactly, exactly. So we're going to see a lot of, you know, websites that will come up with the comparison stats and everything and we'll just <laughs> kind of calculate all that and see what is best. Well, and the good news is that already just by adding uh, this stuff on the Verizon network, we're already seeing some some stuff happening with AT&T where they're working to be more competitive in this stuff. And, and I, I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to when the iPhone uh, is available on even more carriers in the States. I think that would be even better. That like, happen. What? That, that will certainly happen. Yep. And the prices of bandwidth are going down. The more competition there is, I mean, the, the, the market in the U.S. compared to the market in Europe, what a difference. You guys are paying so much for your data. It's ridiculous. Yep. And yep. in my country, I've, I live in one of the tiniest countries of Europe. We have we've got so many providers. There's so much competition, so the prices are super low relatively compared to the United States, which is funny because I mean the iPhone and the iPad that's an American product. So you'd think that, that you guys have an advantage over us, but in, in our case, we we pay a little bit more for the hardware, but then you know for the overall usage, it's yeah. a huge difference. 
Well, I'm I'm optimistic of of the the plans becoming cheaper and cheaper, and uh, already I'm experiencing. Matter of fact, I've I've got to call them, uh, AT and T, and uh, drop my monthly plan as far as the number of minutes that I have allotted to us. Uh, I've got to drop it down significantly. We've got fourteen hundred minutes uh, plan, and, and that's always been way more than enough for us. And I think I'm going to drop it in half all the way down to like 700 minutes because, to be honest with you, we mostly call people who have mobile phones. And now because of Verizon um, mm-hmm. and, and the, them coming out with the iPhone 4 uh, over there, uh, AT&T switched it to where now I have free mobile-to-mobile calling to any mobile phone no matter what carrier <laughs> they're on. Wow. So yeah, so it becomes really unnecessary to have all those. Uh, min- I'd rather have a bit more uh, data. Exactly. Than, uh, than, than minutes. It may be worth it to cut my number of minutes in half and say, okay, well, if, to get this tethering or to get this hotspot, uh, sure, I don't mind paying for X, Y, Z, and and you know, even if even if I go over and I have to pay an extra fifteen dollars or even an extra thirty dollars, when it all comes down to it, I'm still less money than I was what I was before. And and it will give you a, a lot of advantages because we've, we've actually we I remember we tried this out when we were in Boston. Remember, you had you had hacked your iPhone, well hacked, you had jailbreaked your iPhone, and it was working as a Wi-Fi, and you could just use the iPad with Wi-Fi, and it worked fine. It was actually really speedy. Um, so this would allow us uh, to get just the Wi-Fi version of the iPad. And actually, um, when I when I bought my first iPad, I went for the the biggest model. You know, I was like, oh, I just want the most memory and the, and and I want the 3GS functionality. But when I look at my iPad right now, I've hooked it up to my uh, to my Mac, and I'm looking in iTunes. I only use half of the of the storage space in there. Right. And I have a lot of stuff on on the iPad, and uh, one well one third of what I use is video, which I never use. I never watch video on the iPad, unless it's streaming. But I don't I don't want to upload movies to my iPad anymore. So I'm thinking of just getting the Wi-Fi 16 gig version of the iPad 2, which of course is a lot cheaper. It's kind of half price of what I would pay for the full-fledged model. And so I wouldn't feel that guilty anymore getting the iPad 3 once it comes out because it will be easier to get rid of the iPad 2. Well, the thing is, is you could probably take the iPad 2 that you have now and sell it for more than what you would pay for the iPad Yeah, probably with 16 gig. Who knows? I, I would I would think you would at least break even. So basically, in essence, it, it, you should be able to do at least a even trade. You sell your iPad one three G and mm-hmm. take that money and just exchange it over at Apple for the iPad two sixteen gig Wi Fi only. Yeah, you're probably right. I would I would thanks thanks Apple for lowering the price of the iPad one. By the way, destroying the market for all the secondhand iPads. <laughs> uh, that was really uh come on <laughs> you, you could have waited a, a month with that <laughs> yeah all right oh, well. so uh let's go ahead and talk about um the a couple apps here and we're, we're going to talk about three apps i was going to talk about one but i think i am going to wait until podcast answer man next week to talk about it so uh let's talk about the new Flipboard. you're a Flipboard fan right Oh, yeah. I love Flipboard. Actually, I've got my little morning routine where my iPad is vital. I've got this little stand on my kitchen table 
I, first thing I do is I put my iPad there, I, I, I prepare my breakfast, and then I sit there and I read. I, and it's just the same routine that I used to have when I was still a student, reading the newspaper in the morning. Now I read actually two applications. I use two applications. Um, Flipboard is still my all-time favorite news aggregator. I've uh, connected it to uh, my Google Reader account, so it, it aggregates all my RSS feeds. Twitter, Facebook, and I just browse, and it is so different from you know just reading Twitter in the in a, in Osfura or um, uh, Facebook by going to the the website. Um, it it is really it gives me the impression of reading a magazine. It looks great. Uh, there's always something that catches my eye, and uh, and it's also it enables me to browse quickly through a lot of content. Um, and it's different from an RSS reader. Uh, I've got all I've. All, basically all the good RSS readers on my iPad and none of them really work because they list everything in the same with this the same format and it it's, makes it harder to browse and to select information. Um, so I like that aspect of Flipboard. Uh, it, it's just been up, updated uh, with a new version which makes it considerably faster. I mean, notably, the, the rendering of the pages is very fast. Um, and they also added um, uh, uh, the API for another um, application or service, which is super popular on the iPhone, and that is Instagram, uh, which is uh, it came out of nowhere, and it al allows you to take these quick pictures and apply some goofy filters, which make the photo basically look hor horrible, um, but but special, and so it's become all the rage for people to kind of exchange photos that they make with Instagram, now you can subscribe to Instagram accounts. And so you can, you can browse these photos on your iPad, which again is so different from watching them on a little iPhone screen. It, it makes it much more of a magazine type of experience, a table, almost a coffee table book experience. So super stoked about that. I, I just love uh, Flipboard. I think it's still, you know, a killer app for, for the iPad. If I demonstrate the iPad, I always demonstrate it with Flipboard and people are just, wow, just like, I had no idea that my Twitter feed looked, Twitter feed looked like that. So that's the one, that's one thing I use. And then I've been reading the daily every day. Now, have you, have you uh, installed that? that um, I have it's not a, yet looked at the thing. daily. Hmm. At first, they first said, and then of course this is the big thing. Is this going to work? Are people going to subscribe? If if this becomes a success, it might really pave the way for digital distribution of almost any, you know, print medium in the future. Uh, if they can make money with this, it will create a whole new industry. Whereas now, a lot of the newspapers are still uh, they're trying out stuff, and 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 it's expensive. You know, if we want to get an online subscription to a a regular newspaper, you pay a lot. It's less than a than a paper newspaper, but it's still way too much money from, from in in my idea whereas the daily experiments with really cheap stuff i mean it's just 10 cents per day or something like that or not 30 what was it 39 dollars for a whole year of content is that and what it so, is say again is that how much it is 39 for a year yeah i think so at least that was the kind of the initial price i don't know they might have that might have been a, a an opening offer but anyway, I've been trying out this application, and at first I liked it a lot. There were a lot of bugs. It was a bit clunky, and it crashed a lot. But they've been updating it uh, week after week after week. It's it's working fine right now. Um, it's 
it's kind of nifty, but I have to say that the more I use it, the less I'm convinced that I want to have it. Um, and there are a couple of reasons for that. First of all, it's still very much old media in the way that present in the way that they present things. So there, the interactivity is basically you just flipping the pages with your finger. But there's no there's no live aggregation of content except for you know some Twitter feeds of famous artists, and even that is kind of purged and uh, and and it's a controlled interactivity. Um, it, it has a lot of interface problems, I think, or, or usability problems where, for instance, if I want to swipe a page with the Sudoku puzzle on it, it thinks that I'm clicking the Sudoku puzzle and I want to play the Sudoku puzzle. And I was like, no, I just want to skip the Sudoku puzzle because I don't care for Sudoku puzzles, at least not early in the morning. <laughs> and then um, uh, the, the, the other thing that I really don't like is that it opens up with a video. So you launch it and there's this lady uh, on the first page and she's like, well, in this number, we are going to talk about this and this and that. And then you're like, wow, I, I automatically click the lady because I, 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 I see something and I was like, that's what I want to see now. And then nothing happens because I have to kind of browse to the page. And uh, so it, and, and then if I see video, I want to see video if I, and instead, I get a I get an article that I have to browse through, and so I'm back to kind of old-fashioned media. Right. So uh, I don't know. Another thing that bugs me is that there are no there's no way to go back to an issue that you missed. You know, oftentimes I don't have time to read the whole thing, so it's like I'll read it tomorrow, and there's no way to do that. You have to go to the website. So that's another thing. There's no way to kind of store information that for later reading, uh, which you can do with Flipboard. Um, and then another um, thing that I really don't like is um, the, uh, the fact that it's very American. And in a way that there's, there's, for me as a European, of course, I'm not even supposed to be downloading this application. It's because I have a US iTunes account <laughs> that I could check it out. But so I, I understand it's targeted towards the American ma uh, market, but uh, a lot of the articles are just really not interesting for, for anyone outside of the United States, especially the sports section. There's this huge chunk of sports information and I've never, ever watched it. So... I don't know. It's it's okay. It's 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 not bad, but it doesn't compare to Flipboard. And I think that ultimately this is all uh, competing for my time in the morning. And I noticed that more the more I use the daily, the more I am tempted to just skip it and and just use Flipboard because it does everything that the daily does, but better. Well, I've never used the daily before, but while you've been talking, I just installed the daily and I want to tell you, this thing is almost unresponsive at times. And, uh, but although now, okay, now it seems like maybe it, it has finally loaded, but it still seems like between pages, it takes a minute to load. But man, I'll tell you some of the images that they have here mm -hmm. is really good. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, it looks beautiful. Yeah. But it's just pictures. And then oh, the length of the articles. Are they long or it's short? So, no, so short. Oh, see, I, I might like that. I started reading something about, I don't know, the space shuttle. And I was like, oh, interesting. Let's, let's go to the rest of the article. There is no rest of the article. There is not even a link to more information on the web. You're just supposed to read three paragraphs and think that that is enough for your curiosity. Please don't ask any more questions. 
this is all you need to know. And it, it just bugs me. It's so old media. Yeah. Well, I tell, uh, you, I tell you, I can, it is, I mean, I'm sitting here flipping through it and it is very choppy. But other than that, I mean, it, I don't know. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to see what sure. I think. Oh, yeah. That. But I um, mean, it's not bad. But I keep, I keep the, um, and perhaps also my own consumption, um, uh, you, my, the, the way that I consume media that has changed. But uh, if I'm using an iPad, I want to have much more interactivity and I want to see f- a movie. I want to see movie clips. I want to have something that is more akin to TV than to a magazine. Um, but I don't know. Well, I, I also updated my Flipboard and I just, you know what? I didn't, I, I don't know if it wasn't there when I first got Flipboard a long time ago. But mm-hmm. man, I just hooked up my Google Reader to this. Oh, that's it awesome. It is awesome. Oh, that, I, okay. And, I and love it. Google, because <laughs> Google Reader, I'm very particular about what goes in my Google Reader account. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, there's the only stuff that's in Google Reader is stuff that I am insanely interested in. Yeah. And, me too. Wow. Matter of fact, um, I, Facebook. I, I, attaching my Facebook account to it, it's almost unusable because unlike you, I still yeah. have, you know, thousands of people that I'm hooked up with that I really don't want to see the pictures that they put online, to be honest with you. Well, um, but the cool thing is I think you can also, uh, um, with Facebook, you can also filter that. But oh. I've not looked into it, okay. but um, but there is a way to uh, to actually make that a bit more workable. Good. But uh, Google Reader, definitely, that works. And Twitter, too, because usually on Twitter... Um, I mean, you follow people that that ha- you you have a connection with, yeah. And so I'm, whenever they post a link, uh, Flipboard will just go and and parse that information, and it is the same Twitter stuff, but it's it's a totally different experience. And I love it because Twitter also. What the difference with Google Reader is? Google Reader is for me. I'm only subscribed to RSS feeds of news and and you know websites like Gizmodo and uh, tech stuff, and uh, so it's information. But the Twitter uh, uh, portion. Uh, also has also also these personal picks, so it's it's a it's a mix between like tech info, but also you know very personal stuff, and it makes it even. It's almost like a magazine within a magazine. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. I am. I I can tell you right now. I'm going to get back into checking out the old Flipboard there, Father Roderick. Thank you for coming on the show today. It was my pleasure. This has been awesome. I'm so glad that uh, we were able to pull off an episode this week, even though uh, Chris and I missed each other last night. Um, We will be back again next week with Chris, and uh, I'm sure he's going to give us all kinds of great details about 4.3 and uh, and some more specs and stuff on all the other things that Apple updated this week. But uh, it's been enjoyable. And by the way, folks, if you want to, you can follow Father Roderick. I've been watching my chat room. They're like, Oh my gosh, there's I've never met a priest that knows so much about technology. Well, <laughs> there's there's so many other wonderful things about my good friend Father Roderick and uh he and I have been friends for many years now and you you can actually check out uh all kinds of ramblings about technology, pop culture and everything else that's on his mind with his uh show that he does every single week called The Break. And yep. uh it's actually a it's one of the very you know, I actually very picky about the podcast that I I subscribe to and it's one podcast that I've been subscribed to since it was first launched and I don't know, you, how many have how many hundreds of episodes do you have of that show? I think I'm now at uh, episode seven hundred seven hundred seventy something. Yeah. And I've uh, listened to all of them. Eight. 
<laughs> That's crazy. So, folks, go check it out. The Break. You can find it over at sqpn.com. That stands for the StarQuest Production Network. You can also follow Father Roderick on Twitter at twitter.com slash Father Roderick. And I use the Twitter feed uh, very often to kind of uh, post uh, links to, you know, like if there's a cool iPhone application or iPad application that has been discounted, I, I usually post tips like that. So it might be interesting for Apple fans too to follow that. There we go. Hey, folks, until next time, I want to encourage you to head over to gspncommunity.com. Make sure that you uh, check out the online conversations happening throughout the week. You can give us a call on our voicemail feedback hotline at 859-795-4067. Again, that phone number is 859-795-4067. And, of course, this content is here available to you each and every week for free. And uh, we're able to do that through the voluntary contributions of our GSPN.TV Plus members. If you want to learn how you can support not only this episode, but all the other shows here at GSPN, head over to GSPN.TV Plus. Until next time, join the community. Mm-hmm.